It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. <laughs> now you fucked up! Now you fucked up! Now you fucked Welcome. up! You have fucked Thanks. up now! This is a pretty long intro. Now you fucked yeah. up! Welcome, Evan Zygman, my favorite person Aww. in this room with a plaid <laughs> shirt on. Hi, uh, welcome, Sam Buck, to your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're hosting this. My name this. is Evan Zygman. Yeah. Um, welcome. I'm happy to have you here. I, you, I was worried you weren't going to be coming back to Massachusetts. I thought you were going to be stuck out yeah. in New Mexico. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to be stuck out in New Mexico too. I, I remember the last mic that I did before I had to leave. It was so sudden. I was I was at 7.30 on a Tuesday night, and we knew the email was going to be coming out during the day, but I just didn't want to stick around campus. And so I was waiting for my turn to go up. There were maybe like 10 people, mm-hmm. and I got a text from one of my friends, and it just said, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's my last mic, isn't it? So I, I went inside, and I told Liam, I said, uh, hey, I have to... So I just realized I have to go back to New Mexico in about four <laughs> days. I might not come back, um, so I might have to go. And he was like, oh, I'll just put you up. And so I went up, and I was like, hi, it's my last mic. And it was inconsequential. You know, I just told jokes about Optimus Prime or whatever and then <laughs> and then flew 2,000 miles away. But, yeah, it's it's been a wild couple months. It has. I was on my way to actually my first gig in my hometown that I grew up in. Yeah. And I was on my way there when I got the text yeah. that uh, it was all canceled. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was only going to be, I th- you know, I thought I'd be back in the saddle by now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of been a jarring aspect of the last couple months, for sure. How was it like in New Mexico with mm. the coronavirus? With corona? Yeah. Um, I think at the time, New Mexico was a good place to be. Um, around March and April, we hadn't had, I think we had six cases when I got there in the whole oh, that's state. Not bad at all. No. Um, so it was pretty safe to go about one's business. Um, at this point, though, you have uh, people from Texas and Arizona sort of. I just spilled water all down oh, my no. front. <laughs> I'm going to stand now up. Now you bucked up. Oh, you bucked up big time, buddy. I bucked up big that's time. That's problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, Just pissing myself <laughs> mid-story. But yeah, as of right now, I'd say Massachusetts is probably a better place to be. New Mexico is still in phase one. So mm-hmm. I've actually, um, after tonight, I will have gotten stage time four times this week, Let's which go. is like amazing. It's such a good feeling. Yeah. Uh, before quarantine, I was up to eight yeah. to 11 Yeah. Uh, mics a week, I think, but yeah. four feels good. I'm it's, sure it does. It's kind of <laughs> like riding a bike, though. You don't really... I thought I was going to forget how to do it, but it mm. it kind of came back. That's I mean, good. I bombed hard last yeah. night, but it comes back. But there's even something uh, that I miss about bombing. It's like, nice, yeah, yeah. it is. It gets... Everybody feels, love everybody! Yeah. <laughs> thank you. It feels good to get put in your place, though. It does. Uh, yeah, it's very humbling. Um, and that's the only way, really, that I'll force myself to write new jokes. Is if I bomb with jokes I know work, then mm. I'm like, oh, I'm s- those jokes are tired. Yeah, I need to, I need to do something else. Yeah, it, or you know, to to run it by a friend and have the friend say, hey, 
you know, it's been a couple weeks. You gotta, that, that was one nice thing about, uh, going to college with other comics, you know, being around, um, some of the other Tufts people, mm -hmm. uh, is that if I did something for a couple weeks in a row, even if it was going well, one of them would say, oh, you know, I love this joke, but you, you kind of have to start. Oh, <laughs> you had you people doing that? Okay. Yeah, that, like I, me accountable. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just like that. Whenever I, uh, <laughs> whenever I'm getting tired of one of your jokes, I'm just gonna go boop 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 boop. <laughs> <That's the laughs> you just get hear it from the audience. Yeah, that's, that's the new get off the stage. That's the, that's the gong. <laughs> that's gonna be yeah. the light at my if I ever start a show. <laughs> my light's just gonna be me going boop 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 boop. boop, boop. <laughs> you do it quiet uh, when they have a minute left. So I uh, started this podcast over quarantine to fill up the time that I had during quarantine. You started a very successful oh. <laughs> Facebook page, one oh, that I'm yeah. like, and I hate breakfast food, and I still joined <laughs> it. Breakfast food's my least favorite yeah. meal of the day. I'm so glad that you joined despite hating breakfast food. I think that's a large part of the spirit of eggs on toast enthusiasts. It's the same reason I sometimes look at Breitbart. I just, I like to look <laughs> at things that make me mad. Well, I guess I'm flattered to be lumped in with... You're the bright bar of breakfast food. For it. You yeah. should put that, the bright bar of breakfast food. <laughs> uh, I, so, so yeah, I, I do appreciate when, I think part of what I wanted with that group was for uh, everyone to join, even people who don't eat eggs. I have, I have a couple friends who... Uh, like one of my friends is allergic to eggs, and he joined the group just to sort is of. Is he allergic to toast provide too? Provide moral support. No, he's not allergic to toast. So well, then he can, he can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's. It's he's all a... or nothing. <laughs> yeah, all or no. No, I, I do like that some people are more into the toast. Some people are more into the eggs. Some people post things that have nothing to do with either. That's really fun. I, I like... hate toast so much that when I get salads, I ask for no croutons. Wow. And that's like a cousin of toast. That's yeah, not even a I hate the yeah. whole family tree. Wow. What what other The whole family loaf. Okay, the whole family <laughs> loaf. What other uh bread uh variants do you hate? I love soft like a soft baguette or sourdough. Mm. I don't want it toasted. Paninis get too oily. They they're incredibly oily. I feel yeah. Everybody love everybody. That's negative. <laughs> we can shit it's on I worked, paninis. I worked for five years making paninis. You also worked panini. at Panera? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, did you work at Panera? I did. How was, was that? How was, was working at Panera? I feel like that's where all people who are too stupid to be librarians <laughs> but look <laughs> like them go to eat. I. Um, it was my first, like, quote-unquote, like, real job that I was at for a long time. I was there for years. And, um... I probably had every single position like available <laughs> that wow. I did at, at Panera. Can you bake the shit out of a pastry? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty. So they tell you what to do, so it's you're not... like the the face of Panera. No, it's awful. Yeah, I, you, you kind of look go, like the girl. Oh I, no, that's Starbucks. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot eat there anymore. Like the smell of it, because you know when you like work somewhere mm -hmm. in food service. I think everybody in their life should work in some form of soup food service. Some <laughs> sometime to be humbled. Um, but when you leave, your clothes like yeah. smell like something like specific. And now I can't get that smell like out of my brain anytime I oh, go to Panera yeah. so I can't can't go there anymore. Work um, with a bunch of ex-cons though. 
near my near my house growing up there was uh the there was a mcdonald's within walking distance like maybe like a quarter mile and every morning when i would leave my my house i would just smell french fries like in the in the air and so now i can't really smell french fry oil without it's like nostalgic and gross at the exact same time it's an odd couple of feelings together i don't like nostalgia like when people listen to like music from like the early 2000s like throwback i'm like this is shit anything from the early 2000s is shit like the music hadn't figured out how to really use computers cgi mm-hmm. of movies didn't really figure out how to do it Sorry, that one. I, I got. <laughs> can you play the Everyone Loves Everybody? Yeah, and then the boom, 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 boom. No. no, I actually love CGI from the early 2000s. I think it was the best, most well developed CGI, especially like, um, you ever see that, that Bong Joon Ho movie, The Hosts? Mm-hmm. With the, I did. Yeah, you know that wonderful, amazing, perfected CGI? That's the kind of CGI that I like. And that's the sort of positivity we. Bring here on the Buck <laughs> podcast. Host now hosted everybody by Evan Ziegler. So <laughs> why did you start that Facebook group? Do you just love egg? Do you eat it every morning? Yeah, like um, I had been uh, posting egg-related internet content for years. Oh really? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's my one minute. I only have one minute to talk about. These but, glasses are weird shapes. You feel like you're going to miss your mouth. Yeah, a little bit. I, well, I also just, I'm not the most coordinated person. Neither am I. Um, but <laughs> I didn't I, mean to shit on your glasses. <laughs> Sorry, Ani. I, I, I got really into, I love, I love eggs as, and this is, I think, related to the, the self-help aspect of, of this Oh, yeah, podcast. this is a self-help podcast. Yeah, I, forgo- I, I forgot about that. I do love <laughs> sort of eggs as a, um, a method of sort of, self-empowerment i know that sounds very mm. cheesy but there is it's like something, a feminist thing <laughs> there's something to be said i for, love my eggs mm, i do i love them intensely there's there's something to be said for sort of i think like making food for myself in the morning i'm sort of proving to myself that i love myself if that makes sense mm. and once you get you know once you get <laughs> rest of your day goes much do better. you have self-love do you love yourself yes Okay, see, so what I do in the morning, because this is a self-help podcast, is I work out for breakfast. Ooh, I either, I I meditate every, that's what I do first thing, no matter what. Mm. I'm 130 days straight of meditating, actually, today. Mm. Um, I do yoga, and then I go for a run. But I do that because I'm like, I hate you. You're gonna you're gonna push yourself in the morning. Yeah. But it's not it doesn't it's not it pushes me to do it, but it's not really it doesn't make me love myself. That makes sense. Yeah, I think there it's sort of um it's it's the the end is the same, but the means are different, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of that for for me it, it works the other way around, where if I don't make the eggs in the morning, I feel sort of uh unproductive or like I haven't fulfilled some sort of goal. Isn't so, it kind of crazy that you eat every morning and you're very thin, and I work out every morning and I'm fat as fuck? I mean, uh, I'm thirty pounds down over quarantine. <laughs> self love. This is self love. But it's all uh, you still have the fattest ass. Uh, <laughs> I think full stop. I'm not even gonna qualify. I've got the fattest. Yeah, so it, it evens out. I have a I I have a a very run of the mill ass. Mm. And you have the fattest one, so yeah. I I feel like that should like on posters when I'm on comedy shows, it should be the fattest ass of Boston comedy. I love that. Yeah, 
<laughs> Sam's fat ass brings you 45 minutes. <laughs> Damn, I'm not doing 45 minutes. <laughs> What's the longest set you've ever done? Uh, Probably like 12. No more than 12. Yeah, I think 12 is the longest. Yeah. Ani, how's the longest set? What's the longest set you've ever done? 10 minutes. I, I really, uh, I really want to start working with longer periods of time because it I think there's a long a, time to do that though. Yeah. yeah it's that's not true. a good 10 minutes. It's just a 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely feel that. Um, I think as far as, I think once we start getting longer spots, there's a lot more potential to build time on stage and mm -hmm. sort of be able to uh, deal with things that are happening in the audience. Yeah. One thing that I've really been interested in recently is um, dealing with, if there's a heckler, sort of trying to incorporate that into the larger... <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I've been trying to... I've, I've been thinking about sort of if there's a heckler trying to incorporate that into the larger show. And I think um, some... You know, I've seen some comics at the national level do these really beautiful sort of tangents and, and then manage to seamlessly incorporate the... And uh, something like that, I think... Uh, help someone build time in the opposite direction too. Like if something goes really well, you can just use that and like have that time the next time you go on. I'm one of those comedians that want to heck. Like I freeze up to hecklers. I it's, I'm admitting yeah. that on the podcast, but <laughs> I, I I am not good with dealing with them. But yeah. I feel like I'm getting better. It's because I write every word that I'm gonna say, and I kind of have it like a. It's not a speech, but like I, if anything throws me off, it kind of. Yeah, it's it's easy when when you have a sort of rhythm down mm -hmm. and you have a sort of set of inflections down and then you have someone throwing a wrench in, into that yeah. in the middle like especially given you know the fact that we're only like a couple years in. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's tough. It really is. And um yeah, it going back to the 10 minutes too is like I could I might have 15 20 minutes worth of jokes but that might not even be a tight 5 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean like you can't just cuz you have 15 minutes of material doesn't mean you have a 15 minute set. That's true. Because it there does I guess this might be my own opinion but I feel like there needs to be a through thread through your whole set. Yeah. Like there needs to be even if not all the jokes are tied together there has to be some sort of like a wave. Mm, I, I no, I super agree. And the there's so many different ways to do that through line. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think there are um, sort of like emotional through lines. Mm -hmm. If you do um, seven minutes of angry material, for example, it doesn't all have to be about the same thing. But exactly. like the sentiment is still there. Are a lot of different ways to connect it. That I think um, I think that's how people can do longer sets and have it, you know, engage the crowd is is uh, sort of that level of, like, thematic consistency. Yeah, well, that's what breaks a good album from a great album in music, is oh, true, there yeah. could be just a, a grouping of songs that are very good, and that's a good album. I'll listen to that album. But then if you have kind of an album that's a piece as a whole, you can listen to each song on its yeah. own, but all together it's yeah. something. Andy Schof is really good at that. Um, West Side Gun... Shout out. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, and that's... Boom, that's boom, boom. <laughs> he, he's very good at that, but I like the um, the thematic albums. Yeah. yeah. I and think, comedy can work that way in their set. I think so, yeah. And uh, there's also... There's just... Uh, I think it shows a, a bit more uh, successful adherence to the form mm -hmm. that you're trying to create. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. 
uh, to have that sort of consistency all the way through. Well, I think that going back to your Facebook group is the reason. I mean, it it got pretty successful. You have how many? Like five hundred members already? Um, it's like four fifty. That's pretty big for a group that just started. And it's because you stuck to one thing that, like, when I first saw you do it, I was like, this is the stupidest thing. <laughs> I, I don't mean to be I'm making fun. to. I would never. I'm saying it to your face. Yeah. I mean to people's faces. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super invested. <laughs> no, in, but it yeah. was so, like, stupid that it was a brilliant idea because <laughs> you realize it's something, like, a market that's untapped. Yeah, it is very, there's, well... I, I certainly, I, I mostly did it for sort of personal enjoyment. Shits and, and I, giggles? Yeah, shits and giggles. And I find, I, I one thing that really, um, one thing that I really appreciate about the group is uh, how many different people uh, enjoy some variant of eggs and toast. It's mm -hmm. actually, it's like my great aunt is in that group. Oh, really? And then, you know, friends that I've had from high school and friends of their friends who I don't know and... Uh, just people from all, and then, you know, comics, people from school. So it's like people from all sorts of different, like, walks of life can all talk about whether they like gooey yolks or not. It's kind of fun. And it makes you happy, and it builds, and as yeah. it builds, it probably grows your happiness, and it's you just following whatever thing you want to do. It's true, yeah. I, I It was, yeah, it was, I'll be honest, it was kind of selfish. It was mostly for my, my own personal enjoyment, yeah. Well, that's like... um. Ben Miller, who was on the last episode, he's a he's actually he was quitting comedy to follow his passion of cooking. But um oh, wow. he started <laughs> Thank you. I was about to burp, so I needed that to cover it. <laughs> Perfect timing. But he uh started a running Facebook group. And I run mostly every day. I didn't get it in today, I'm being honest. But I, I try to run every day. And that group only got up to like 60 or so members and it kind of tapered off yeah not to be rude but your group keeps growing <laughs> do you, has anyone has anyone started shit on that page like tried to bring politics into yeah, it so or tried to get that's such an interesting point that, that's it's one uh consideration that i've been bouncing around in my head for a while now is there are no rules in mm -hmm. that group and i don't want there to be rules yeah. in that group i think rules in that group dampens a lot of the sort of genuine sense of enjoyment and community that would mm -hmm. come out without rules. And so, no, no one's posted uh, anything super political in there yet. No. no one's posted hate speech. Like Trump hates eggs and toast. Yeah, no one's, well, no one's posted, hate speech is the thing that I would be, you know, worried about first and foremost. Yeah. So if someone posted hate speech, I would absolutely have to go in and set a rule against hate speech. I'm going to go off on a little tangent, and then you can continue. Sure, yeah. It's about hate speech. I, I might have talked about this on earlier podcasts, but I really hate when people use free speech as an argument because hate speech is illegal. Yeah. Like, free speech yeah. includes hate speech. Like, you can't just say anything and call it free speech. Yeah. Like, hate speech you will get in trouble for by the law. Mm -hmm. So when people just say, like, you can say whatever, it's free speech, bro, it's like... Not really, because hate speech is included in that yes. bubble. You can't meaningly, meaning fully or meaningly try to hurt mm -hmm. someone's feelings by saying uh, things that you know will hurt. Yeah, and uh, it also, it's just, and, and I mean, as it pertains to the eggs on toast group, yeah. I feel like um, there's such an air of positivity in there already that it would just be so, uh, it would be sort of uncouth. It would be. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 
it would be rude to so many people. Yeah, it would be the uh, downfall of, of a you know, real... Yeah, it, it would be rude to people who you weren't actively targeting, and obviously it would be harmful to the people you were actively targeting. So, um, yeah, if there is hate speech in that group, I'm going to have to set a rule. But as it is, I, I like when people put non-egg-on-toast content in there. I mm-hmm. think that's one thing that <laughs> people are like, oh, ooh, if I post, you know, if I post this... Uh, I don't know, keg on boast. Oh, maybe Evan will get mad. <laughs> what is a keg on boast? A keg on boast isn't anything, but this is the thing. I love when people put keg on boast. I, you can put anything in there. It's just we mostly talk about eggs and toast. So, so how do you police it that way? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't police it. Wow. Uh, you could have said kegs on coats. Yeah, kegs on coats. Ke- really, any anything. And the people are respectful. To yeah. each other without policing. Mm-hmm. Interesting concept. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Peg-legged folks. That rhymes. Peg-legged folks. Peg-legged folks. <laughs> yep. Uh, Craig on goat. <laughs> Craig and he's, he's sitting on a goat. I want. Oh, I would love. Somebody post Craig on goat. I will so. I'll give it a heart. I'll give it a nice comment. Oh. Um, yeah. Tag bucked up. We need more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, love everybody. That's great. Uh, we should have brought eggs on toast on the podcast, so I could have promoted it on your Facebook page. I appreciate it. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, <laughs> little uh, little collab. Yeah, a little collab. Just on post it. the link to this podcast. I'll do that. There yeah, you go. we we could. With, uh, uh, we talk a lot about eggs on toast on this podcast, even already. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that is the. Thank you for asking me about eggs on toast because it has been. I mean, with very little going on, that's sort of. My new life development, you know. Did you ever start any Facebook pages before this? Mm. Um, Non-successful or successful? Yes, one non-successful one. I I started a fan page for a musician that I really liked uh, back in 2018. Uh, uh, His name is Jack Stratton. He's the band leader of a funk band called Wolfpack that I was really... Oh, that's how I... Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I was really uh, into that band and their community for many years. And What happened? Um, my interest just sort of, I mean, it's, it's tapered with, with time, you know, I've gotten into other music. Mm-hmm. It's still my favorite band. I mean, but anyway, this is beside the point. I, I created a, a Facebook group for this one specific member because apart from there are, there's a Facebook fan group for the band and then there are separate fan groups for each individual member. Except for him. Except for him. And yeah, I thought it would be fun to create one. It maybe lasted a week. It, <laughs> it was, it it was it turned out he was a real piece of shit. No, I, I didn't. I didn't fully invest myself. I think that was why it failed. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't know if you ever saw. I had an egg Instagram that I. I mean, I still have it. I can choose to post to it. I had an egg Instagram called Evan Made Eggs. Um, I think I saw that. Yeah, so that was my first egg content, and that was mostly me just making my own eggs and posting them and you know adding weird little selfies on the end and things so there's a real reason that i'm talking about all this that much and why i'm asking you this is because you stuck to something and you built it and you grew it and it ended up even though your first facebook group didn't become successful even though your instagram didn't really blow up that work paid off in the facebook group yeah i guess i didn't thank you i brought that shit all back around do 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 (laughs) oh that's what look at that that Wonderful train of thought from our podcast. Uh, this is a self-help podcast. No, but do you... I've been really um, thinking about that with comedy. Like, I believe in myself, even if my sets aren't don't always go well or some of the jokes don't work. I know that if I keep working at it, it will pay off someday. Yeah. 
even if it uh, doesn't work out for a long time, you just got to keep working on it. That's the only way uh, Malcolm Gladwell outliers. I was just yeah. reading that, and he talks about that. But it's it's the, it's the that thing where you just kind of stick to it, and you know it's going to pay off one I, day. I totally, I, I completely agree about sticking to it and sort of setting up other parts of your life in such a way where it's easier to focus on the thing that you want to focus on. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. And that's something I really love about your stand-up and why when I first saw you on stage, I kind of gravitated to wanting to talk to you because you don't give a fuck. You have your own sense of humor. You're not really... You're doing your own thing. Even if it doesn't work, I know you believe in it. Yeah. And that's a big thing. Even if a joke doesn't work, I'll give up on the belief of it, and Mm. that's where I'll fail. But you believe in your shit. Yeah, I think... Again, it's <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I, I think um, it comes from a sort of uh, self-serving want to like make myself laugh. Mm-hmm. And so, if a joke doesn't work in front of uh, a certain audience, I think to myself, well, there has to be an audience somewhere in the world that fi- you know that has the same sense of humor as me that will mm-hmm. find this. So, a lot of it is just sort of. Um, I guess laughter in the moment isn't always uh, the the end goal. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I totally uh, that totally makes sense. And I, you know, I'll have friends who will who are comedians who will be like, I don't, I don't really think that joke worked well, or it's not really funny. But that isn't always the end goal when I'm telling a joke. Sometimes I'm telling a joke that's really personal that mm-hmm. I know isn't funny yeah. just to prove to myself that I can talk about that on stage mm-hmm. to cross that bar. Yeah. It's not, I'm not trying to please that audience. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to please myself. It is, it is so uh, effective to sort of have a, a set, you know, to have many goals, to mm-hmm. be able to change one's, one's goals whenever they feel like it. Um, I... I I, I wrote a joke a couple days ago that I plan on trying today, and the punchline involves me saying Dunkin' Donuts over and over again for about two minutes. <laughs> um, and I'm going to tell it this evening, and if it doesn't get a laugh, I, it's not going to be a problem. You know, That's yeah. not the, the point. That, I mean, in this case, the point is to say Dunkin' Donuts for two minutes, and, and that is sort of a self-contained goal that doesn't... Exactly. The, laughter doesn't change that. Who... Um I'm going to I'm going to ask who your who, who your inspirations in comedy are but first I'm going to just take what we were I love that question oh, sorry I, 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 but first I'm going to take what we were just talking about and kind of put it on myself in the last 2 days sure. so last night I bombed and I think it's because there were comedians in the audience that I respect and I wanted to prove that I was funny and yeah. so I didn't yeah. perform for myself I performed for the audience and I bombed yeah. But if you go back to Monday, I had a very good set, and I went up uh, going, I'm going to make myself laugh. Like, I'm going to do yeah. jokes that make me laugh. I don't really care if the audience finds it funny. And I had a good set. And it's all, it's weird. I Al Christakis was the, is the person I think that's best at this, but it's a fine line about giving a fuck but not. Yeah. Too much. Because if you yeah. give it too much, then you're going to get in your own head. And the idea of going on stage with uh, self-serving sort of, you know, <laughs> I mean, egotistical goals, th- that idea, even if you get a good feedback loop from the audience, I think that uh, 
in and of itself is self-serving too you know getting that that good feedback sort of f feeling the rhythm like mm -hmm. in your body and then responding to that is uh it's it's sort of it's Oh, I'm having a difficult time explaining. But well, it's, no, it's comedy's a selfish a, thing. Yeah. Comedy is a selfish thing. Yeah. And the audience knows it is, it's a selfish thing, so you kind of have to treat it, as a, treat it as a selfish thing when you're up yeah. there. I have such mush mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. But it's, it's true. Like, if you go up there and you're like, I want to please you, I want to please you, it's not going to work. Yeah. If you go up there and you're like, you're here to listen to me, this is my time, then it works. Yeah, and there's also um, one can sort of one can make the the uh, the really vain angle work too if um, if it's done in a certain way. And but if you care about, you have to love comedy. Yeah. No matter what, you have to love it and work on it and study it. I've I've considered getting on stage and and saying things like, you know, if I have a short amount of time, like, uh, hey, please look at me. I only have four minutes. You know, like jumping up and down, doing a jumping jack. I I've done that. I <laughs> speaking of my fat ass i used to go up on stage at really bad dive bars and go i promise you you'll see some ass and titties if you pay attention yeah and i'll go ass and titties who wants to see some? and then i'll just show my ass. i'll just like turn There's around totally or i'll flash yeah. my shirt and it's so <laughs> stupid and it's such like an easy joke but it gets people to pay attention and if i then have enough trust in my jokes afterwards then it doesn't matter how I got them to yeah. pay attention. They fucking did in the first 15 seconds. I don't care if they look at my stomach or tits. Like. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. My, my tits that is a, that's true. a, that's <laughs> where, um, men, that's a pro it's male, um, male. May I just interject and say, yeah, of course. Cause I couldn't think of the term. My, my tits are available to the public. Um, if you, <laughs> If, you uh, if I'm at a out? comedy show and I feel like I feel like I need to, you know, get the chest out. If I need to get the second belly button out, then that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> do you have a second belly button? I do have a second. Belly uh, would it be rude to ask to see it? I mean, I, I'm okay with showing it to people if if that's. I would love to see okay. it. Okay, hey, uh, podcast listeners and watchers, uh, <laughs> just quick uh, heads up, a little warning that you will be seeing some Evan Zygman second belly button action here in a couple seconds, and so. You know, click everybody through that. love everybody. <laughs> click through that if you don't want to see it. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, here's my regular belly button. Okay. Right? Very right nice. Okay. Very um, nice. So here's my regular oh, belly button. Right there. Yep. And then here is my second belly button. Oh, oh my shit. god. Yeah. What's that from? <clears throat> and just just to make you feel good. There's Let's go. <laughs> Get some body positivity on this podcast. Yes. I love it. Um, where did I get the second belly button? I won it in a raffle. Uh, I, <laughs> you went to the fair. I went to the fair. They told me to guess how many M&Ms was in a thing, and they said, if you guess, you get a belly button. I thought it was from one of those balloons. You shoot the water at the target and the <laughs> horses race. Yeah, so what it was, uh, they had like one of those, um, they had like a hammer and a, a big gong and i needed <laughs> to get the exact right amount of force on the hammer and you are a very strong child well i'm strong but you know you can't be too strong because if it hits the bell and it comes back down that's its own problem mm. um you're just the right amount I have of the strength. perfect amount of f finesse for the number of belly buttons that i have yes mm. 
Um, no, what, what actually happened was I was born 11 weeks premature, so mm -hmm. almost three months premature, and I had a feeding tube uh, from the ages of about one to five, so a very long time, mm -hmm. much longer than normal. And so when they took out the feeding tube, um, it left a scar that might not have been as prominent on someone who had a, a feeding tube taken out earlier. Mm, but yeah. you had had it for... A long time, yeah. Do you have, does that affect your eating habits now? Um, not anymore. I, mm -hmm. I used to get terrible acid reflux as a result of being born oh. that early. And that was why I didn't like eating things by mouth. And so they would give me mm. mush <laughs> through the tube. Uh, but yeah, now, now my diet's fine. So back to our original question that we went off a weird <laughs> tangent on. Yeah. Who are your inspirations in comedy? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I think the first person who I saw where I really that really blew my mind was Gary Goleman in, in 2017 um, I saw him at he popped into Great Scott R.I.P. Great Scott oh my gosh R.I.P. I've seen oh. some amazing rap shows there I am so crestfallen that that business no longer exists it's really heartbreaking mm -hmm. um, but anyway he, he popped in uh, to a, a gas you know the Rob Queen show he popped in uh to the gas in 2017 and he went second to last and everyone before him there were 10 people in the audience everyone before him they had all bombed um and then he went up and he, he turned it around instantaneously he killed the second he got on stage i've seen him and do he, that at laugh boston yeah, on an open yeah, mic killed for the entire 15 minutes with just material i had never even heard anything in the same category before um you know a lot of like very drawn, like not just wordplay, but like sort of extrapolating on the wordplay, drawing it out. Had you ever heard of him before that? No, no, I hadn't heard of him at all. And then, have you listened to his albums now? Oh, have yeah, you yeah, gone yeah. back? A huge fan. Um, so he's I'm he's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Another is uh, James A. Caster out of uh, out of the UK. I um, actually don't know. That's surprising because I know most comedians, but I don't know who James yeah, A. Caster I, is. He, so, yeah, he's out of uh, Kettering in uh, the United Kingdom, and he put, in 2018, he put out a four, he put out four hours of comedy on Netflix that are all, that all have a through line. It's oh, like, wow. Yeah. It's like each hour has its own through line, and then the four hours all connect to each other, too. It's incredibly well set up, uh, very clever, and uh, I'm also... Um, so I, I started looking into sort of his inspirations, mm -hmm. and uh, I read a, a newspaper article that said that uh, that he was uh, uh, influenced by Stuart Lee, and so I got into Stuart Lee. And there's there's a whole um, there's a really interesting community of the okay. So the alt comedy scene in the 1980s in the UK is a completely different beast from the 90s alternative comedy scene in the United States. Okay, like, yeah. It it came expressly. Uh, and Stuart talks about this on podcasts. It, it, uh, it came out of the left, and so there's mm. this really beautiful current of uh, sort of alternative leftist comedy from the '80s that still oh, you know, really? survives in that country. Yeah, and so uh, that is really recently what I've been and that's hyper focusing on. Focusing yeah. has that been affecting your writing? Do you mm -hmm. think you've been writing similar to that? Uh, yeah, it, it absolutely. I mean, I think anything that I watch influences my writing heavily. Um, yeah. But what I'm looking at right now is, uh, you, uh, you know, I'll send you some of his material. It's I would love that. Wonderfully. Do you, you stuff. watch a lot of comedy? Yeah. I, I, I don't mean to, I, I do mean to cut you off cause it's my <laughs> fucking podcast, yeah, but it. I am going to cut you off on, I don't 
I do get. I mean, no, I don't get when comedians are like, I don't watch comedy. Like, I don't listen yeah. to because it's like you have to study the craft too. Like, I feel like mm. you have to love it in the way that like you have to watch it. You have to listen to it so that you know what else is out there, so you can find your yeah. own lane. People think that listening to stuff is going to make them copy them, but I think that'll make you find your own way because you'll know what else is out there. Yeah, and. It's okay in the first couple of years of stand up to, you know, to parrot somebody for a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think that's uh, something that there's definitely a lot of stigma around that. I used to listen to so much Daniel Tosh growing yeah. up and then he oh, doesn't wow. yeah. he doesn't release a lot of material, no. so I kind of stopped listening to him for that 8 years or 6 years that he stopped releasing material. And then I started listening to him again and I was like Oh, there's influence there. Like yeah. you know, you just kind of you know don't even realize that that influence is there. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, the you know, before I was a comic, the the comedy that I listened to in middle school, you know, the the sort of twenty twelve Patton Oswalt stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah, the Daniel Tosh material. Dimitri that was Martin. Out at that time. Were you a Dimitri I was Martin? not into Dimitri in middle school. I wasn't. I wasn't hip. He enough. was one of the first comedians <laughs> I loved. I was not hip enough for Dimitri in middle school. Well, it's really funny when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I would like that stuff. Like I used, I used to be obsessed with like Gary Gullman in high school, like early high school. Yeah. Just because I would put on comedy Pandora and he would come on, mm. and he's just such a good writer. Yeah. Uh, I met Jim Gaffigan on my tenth birthday when I went Aww. to go see him. Yeah. That's so cute. Um, wait, wait, where did you was in the on area? on Cape at mm. the Melody Tent? I actually have a signed CD from him that says "Happy Birthday to my best <sighs> friend Sam." I, I, I love when comics go to more out-of-the-way spots yeah. in the U.S. I think it's so important. When um, I was really young, I made it a point before I even wanted to... I mean, I wanted to do comedy, but before I did it, I made it a point to meet as many comedians. So mm-hmm. I've met a ton of comedians when I was like 16, 17. Yeah. It's just kind of fun. I, uh, I broke in backstage... To meet John, you broke in? I broke in backstage to meet John Hodgman at oh Mass God. Mocha and Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins was a Mass it was, Mocha. It was Paul F. Tompkins, oh. John Hodgman, um, and I broke in backstage yeah. to meet them. <laughs> and John Hodgman was not a fan. Yeah. Paul F. Tompkins was actually very nice. Uh, Tig Notaro was there too. Uh-huh. I got a picture with all of them. Yeah. But John Hodgman would not take the picture with me. Yeah. Was they he, realized, he uh, yeah, he was, yeah. he was there. But I think Tig and Paul F. Tompkins realized I was a 16-year-old kid and that I was just a big fan, and they yeah. were like, so uh, fast forward a year, I'm seeing John Hodgman at the Wilbur, and he's one of my favorite authors. Area of, ex- of my expertise is one of my favorite books, and I'm bring, I bring it to him. Yeah. Uh, I wait in line, yeah. and I go, hey, I'm the kid who broke <laughs> in backstage. I don't know if you remember me last year. Yeah, I'm the yeah. kid who broke in backstage, and... I'm sorry, but I just want to tell you that I was a big fan. And he goes, you know what? I appreciate that. And in the book, he wrote to Sam, who broke in backstage. <laughs> and he was very nice. He signed the book. He signed the poster. Aww, I got pictures of him. I and I, that. But it was a we- I thought he hated me for a whole year. And I had to turn that shit yeah. around. <laughs> um, well, yeah. What a, what a, it's, it's funny that uh, when, when comics come through the same venue every mm-hmm. year, you sort of... <laughs> you can build a rapport like a minute at a time. You know yeah. What I mean? You get uh-huh. one minute of talking to them and you get that once per year. And if you do that for enough years in a row, eventually you can be like, hey, you know, we talked two years ago. I've, that's happened to me too. That, yeah. yeah. Who, 
Which comedy comedians did you? Well, yeah. So now that so Gary does the Wilbur every year now, mm-hmm. and after the Wilbur every year, I wait in line and I go, "Hey, Gary, I love your stuff. Um, I loved that set that you did at Great Scott and Alston in 2017." <laughs> um, one thing that I think would be kind of fun to do is to, uh, and you could do this too. Uh, you, we could like print out a picture of you with the comic, and then bring it to you with the comic, and you say, "Can you hold this picture while we take the picture?" And then you print that picture. Oh, and you keep yeah. doing it. That would be pretty cool. How many years in until it gets creepy? Um, <laughs> I think it's sooner than I want to admit. I think it's like, it's I like think the it's like first four. time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying four for my own sake because I've done it twice. So. Oh, you have pictures with them holding no, up? No, no, the, no. Oh. I just mean visiting in general, yeah. Mm. <laughs> The Wilbur is a really good theater for that. I enjoy... I've seen so many shows at the Wilbur. Seat's very uncomfortable, but... But do you know what I like is the angle of the slope of the stadium Mm -hmm. seating makes it very easy to see who's on stage. There's no, like, tall person sitting in front of you, and then you're... This is short person problems. (laughs) I know, and also this is such inside baseball, though. We're talking that all all ten listeners have already checked off. Ani, how... Have you ever, well, do you want to tell your story of meeting a famous comedian? Um, or do you have any other stories of meeting any famous comedians or comedians that I, are inspirational to you? I have stories, but I just like to not talk about them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Gotcha, gotcha. We're both, are you, an o- are you an only child? Yeah. I'm an only child. I'm an High only five. child. Oh. Well, that's surprising. That's surprising. Really? Yeah, because Evan and I are talking about a lot of shit, and you're like, you know what? I don't really want to tell people. Like, only (laughs) children want to tell everyone everything. It's true. I came up. I write. I wrote for an hour the other day, and the only thing I came up with was the term "lonely only." (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a lot of the people who I've met in the past, I now. and working with to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that so makes I sense. So I just, you know. Yeah. Better yeah. say than sorry, right? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but it's right, always. I hope cool. they listen to this. It's always cool. It's yeah. a, it's always cool when you find out someone's very chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like you expect them to be like this cool person, and then they are. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met a comedian that was like a dick. Uh, I mean, I I can't recall any off the top of my head either. You know, yeah. Um, I meet people who are sort of like in the groove of business. Oh, one hundred percent. Who they they just don't thing. like really want to talk. Yeah, but you, I mean, you know, you fly to a city across the country and you do your time, and mm-hmm. it's totally reasonable to just want to go home, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Do you uh, switching up subjects? Do you have like? Do you write every day? Do you you make your eggs and toast? Do you have a, <laughs> do you have a routine? Yeah, I have a routine. Um, I generally, I, I'm taking online classes this summer, so that is a big uh, help. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to have that structure, I think, prevents me from. I'm a person who needs structure for, like, in order to maintain good mental health. I sort of. I need it. structure, but not from anyone else. Mm-hmm. I need to give myself structure and stick to it. But mm-hmm. if anyone else is telling me what to do, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, that's funny because I, I sort of, uh, I sometimes I'll use that authority. Uh, I'll, I'll use hatred of that authority to write jokes. So if I'm mm. bored in my class and I don't think it's interesting, I can like keep my notebook off to the side and. I could and when them. I was in college, I could never write jokes well in class. 
the key is to not pay attention. <laughs> the key is to fail the class. Do you write every day? Do you make it a point to? Um, I write every day, but it's more out of habit than it is. I don't have a set time. It's mm-hmm. generally just whenever I. Is want it? To. Do you write comedy or do you journal or? Uh, combination. Generally, I write jokes when I'm in a good mood, and I journal when I'm in a bad mood. Mm. Yeah. Journaling's good, but uh, I journaled for uh, every single day for a li- uh, for a good amount of time. And I felt like I was kind of rehashing the yep. same stuff sometimes, so I've kind of taken a break from it and focused on writing comedy. And w- it's funny, you and I took a, w- a very romantic walk on the oh, beach. so romantic. <laughs> I, I wish, Ani, I wish you could have been a fly on the wall. Yeah, it, we, ha- we skipped in, into the sunset. We, we got ice very cream positive. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Very but positive. we talked about... And actually, you are reading The War of Art. I don't know if you've gotten to this point yet, but about comedy will come if you just wait for the muse. Like, you can't force it to come right at the point. Like, you can't be like, I'm going to write jokes now. You just have to keep (laughs) writing, and the jokes will come, but you have to... You have to be there waiting for the muse yeah. to come. You but can't force it to be there. Also, the caveat to that, too, is the part that comes before that, which is the amateur versus the professional. And the professional mm. is the one that, like, it's part of their life, but they're not, like, a fair-weather sort of, like, person who yeah. does this activity. So there's a difference in how the two bodies kind of, like, do that one craft. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I, I think it comes back to... Uh, setting up other parts of one's life in a way that, that makes it easier to write jokes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always think about that when I think like, oh, but I want to relax today. I yeah. think, do the people that I want to be like relax yeah. for three hours? No, they probably, like a comedian doesn't have a nine to five job usually, but they have to treat it like yep. one. Like I have to write, force myself to write every day. It's good to force yourself into... I talk about good addictions. I have an addictive personality, Mm, so I know I have to, like, teach myself good addictions. Like, I have to... I'm addicted to meditating every day when I wake up, so, like, that's something that's good now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm addicted to doing yoga every morning because it's, like, a stretch that I can feel good. Like, I get addicted to running. I get addicted to riding Mm -hmm. my bike, and then... I know that I can't get addicted to good things or bad things, so yeah. I just have to force myself yeah. to go towards the good. Yeah, and once, I, I think it's it's kind of paradoxical, but sort of removing that uh, personal agency to self-sabotage, mm-hmm. it, it it empowers you to make correct decisions without even thinking about it, Yeah, which is like super helpful. Yeah, I self-sabotage with food, I think. Like, mm. I love eating unhealthy food and then yeah. that'll make my brain not function yeah. as well. And then that will make me not want to push myself to mm-hmm. work out. So then it kind of spirals. Yeah, it, it absolutely sp- And then it, it it's frustrating to try to write jokes in the middle of that because yeah, there's all this extra sort of uh, static going on mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in the subconscious. But also this is what sucks about my joke writing is I have to fully commit my life to something to get a joke out of it. Mm. Like, I wanted oh, to write hard, a yeah. joke about bicycle helmets. Yeah. So I started riding my bike every single day, <laughs> and I got addicted to bike riding. And I finally have a good two minutes out of bike riding, but it's like <laughs> I had to fucking put my whole life into it yeah. just to get a bit out of it. Yeah, absolutely. There, There is, um, on 
on on a meta level, there's something that you can do where you sort of feign that expertise uh, mm. to 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 win the crowd over. So if you pretend to know things about bicycle helmets for two minutes in a very obvious way, that might be a way to get around sort of the the full commitment thing while at the same time i mean obviously it's not gonna be correct no but do you feel your jokes aren't personal like you don't have personal jokes do you think that helps you write jokes because you don't have to like like with me sometimes i'm like how much fucking deeper do i have to (laughs) dig like uh, you know what i mean i'm going inward instead of outward yeah well yeah i'm I'm, i don't i think writing impersonal things does make it much easier because Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't have to say what you know to be true. You, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can lie to yourself. You can lie to other people. You can just make things up out of thin air. I only have one Evan Zygmunt joke. Yeah? Oh, I want to hear it so bad. It's, I only have one joke that isn't personal. It's silly. It's, it's uh, I hate going outside uh, during the winter. It's, it's like the trees are trying to fuck me. It's like, put some <laughs> leaves on or something. Nice, that's great. It's so stupid. And <laughs> it was one of the first jokes I ever wrote and performed, but it's so dumb. Yeah. But I, I guess I have to love myself more, because I'm always like, you're not funny when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, well, if I uh, uncover one new part of myself, maybe people will mm. find that funny. Yeah. Because the rest of it isn't. Mm. Um. I need to, I know, I. this is why it's your self-help podcast now, is I need to get that level of self-love where it's like, whatever I write about is going to be funny. I don't need to keep digging for, like, yeah. what's the new dark thing about myself. Oh, it is so cathartic to just write down some BS and, like, try it, you know? Like, even if you don't believe in it all the way, just to sort of take the pressure off by writing nonsense, you know? Yeah. And I think that's... Kind of like the the. Do you have your notebook with yeah. you? The saying Dunkin' Donuts for two minutes joke. It's nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. Um, but that's kind of the fun. What's one of the first jokes on your um. Uh, in your notebook, I'm gonna go on. Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, March fourteenth, two thousand twenty. Armpit and knee pit. <laughs> Can you? Uh, I have oodles of hair on my armpits. None to speak of on my knee pits. <laughs> uh, do I have hair on my knee pits? I have a little bit of hair on my knee imagine, pits. Imagine, well, the, the premise of the joke is imagine how dope it would be to have hair on your knee pits. <laughs> and again, see, that means nothing. It's, <laughs> it's completely irrelevant. It has no bearing on human life, but it's just fun to say. Oh. I have the ass of an Atlanta stripper with two uh, C-section <laughs> scars. That's great. What does that even mean with two C-section <laughs> yeah. scars? You can take it further. My ass is the ass of an Atlanta stripper. I had a transplant, <laughs> and I paid an ass plan? many thousands of dollars, and now I have an Atlanta ass. Yeah. Is that are are people from Atlanta Atlantans? I don't really know. Atlantis Atlantisans. Atlant Atlant. Uh, I I couldn't I couldn't say. Why don't people in movies have longer comas? Have longer comas? <laughs> I see. <laughs> all my ideas are so stupid. <laughs> this is why I need to dig deep into my darkness. No, but see, things don't. Things can be stupid. The stupid things are fun. That's that's how I see it. Um. <laughs> But were there any other other comedians in New Mexico? Like, how did you? Oh my god! How, like, uh, yeah. How did you scratch that itch? Was there a club you could go to? I, the two months. Uh, 
Even before and growing up. Okay, yeah, yeah. So March and April, there nothing was open. But I will say, um, Las Cruces, my hometown, had sort of a burgeoning scene around like 2014, 15. Mm-hmm. They had a couple mics, a couple comedy mics, which was really unheard of for the area. And I went to them in high school a few times, but I wasn't committed enough to continue going weekly. What's New Mexico um, comedy like? Oh, New Mexico comedy... Um, it's a lot smaller. I'd say it's pretty, it's chummy. People, I mean, from what I've, <clears throat> I, I'm not going to speak for the entire scene, but everyone I've met is Please speak for no, the entire scene. No, 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 Evan no, 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 Zygman, no, 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 the no, no, no. spokesperson of New Mexico. Everybody love everybody! <laughs> one, one thing that I will say is, uh, at least, uh, I've spent, um, I don't know, a month, two months in the Albuquerque scene, and uh, people, um, Sort of the delineation uh, of comics based on how long they've been performing is not a thing in Albuquerque. Um, mm. Here, it's, it's more like the people who've been doing it for four years hang out with the people who've been doing it for four years, and the people who've been doing it for eight years hang out with the people who've been doing it for eight years, um, with exceptions, obviously. But in Albuquerque, you got you know veterans of that scene who've been doing it for 10 years, people who've been doing it a month, and they're just all hanging out. Is it because it's a smaller scene, yes. do you think? Yeah, yeah, that is that is why. Is there good camaraderie? There is, yeah. Um, yeah, one one afternoon, I <clears throat> I was invited to sit in a trailer and smoke a blunt with a few people that I just met that day. So Oh, that's exciting. very friendly in that city, yeah. Um, do you, was it a big change when you came out to Boston to do com? Like, I feel like there's a big difference in Providence comedy versus Boston comedy. Like, Providence yeah. comedy is still, I don't want to speak for Providence comedy, but it's it's a little more, like, it's a little bit more edgy. Like, people mm-hmm. are just trying to, like, try jokes out, kind of. Like, it's almost as if evolution's a little bit farther behind. Mm-hmm. Like, Boston comedy's mm-hmm. a little bit more evolved because it's a bigger scene, but as it grows, as like places grow. Thing. Exactly, yeah. 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 There's, like, an evolution of places mm-hmm. Um, did you ever watch the documentary I'm Dying Up Here with Tom Segura no. and um, Chad Daniels and uh, Pete Lee? No, I haven't. They all go to Asia to do comedy mm-hmm. in like 2014 when none of them were really known. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a really good documentary, but they talk about how it's like the scene hasn't evolved yet, so it's a lot more like easy jokes because like mm-hmm. the scene hasn't built up. But then these guys come in and are doing jokes, and they're really not even as working as well as these easy jokes because of the cultural difference. But yeah. it's a it's a very good documentary. It's on Amazon Prime. That, that's wonderful. I'm always looking for more stand up. That's that's the thing. I I get burnt out on strict stand up. Mm-hmm. I, I get burnt out on just watching stand up all day every day. So being able to find some stand up adjacent content yeah. is really important. Do you do you read do you read like comedian uh, autobiographies biographies do you read like how to books Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um that uh that that comic who I mentioned earlier, Stuart Lee. Mm-hmm. Um he has three or four books or no. He's he's got at least two books out. I want to say three. And um he's got one uh from the early 2010s that has like uh, word-for-word transcripts of various shows that he did along with little asterisks and, oh, and really? notes and you know he'll explain his thought process oh that um, act, that'd be in, that'd be mm-hmm. interesting it's very uh it's it's 
the approach to the book is as a, it's like a it's like a manual for a craftsman or something, mm-hmm. you know, like like a like a woodworker's manual for a woodworker. Yeah, did you ever like read um The Art of Stand-Up Comedy by Franklin Auger? No, I never did read it. It's actually really it's a little bit dated like they talk about like how to get on the Tonight Show cuz <laughs> like it was in the 90s and that was yeah. the, But there's actually a lot of really good information on there. There's information that I've gotten from it that I still haven't mm. listened to, but I think it's the best. You have to you have to wait the longest possible time before saying your next yeah. line. Yeah, and I'm so I rush so bad, and the worse I do, the more I rush. Yeah, it's it's easy to get into that sort of because I mean I I panic when like two or three jokes bomb mm. in a row, mm-hmm. and so it's really easy to rush through material after that. Yeah, yeah. and then that it fucks you up longer in the long run because then you're out of material quicker, and then you yeah. have to like pander in the end because you're thinking and you're. It's hard to like think of jokes, even if you know the joke for word for word. It's yeah. hard to on the spot be like, "Let me pull up a new joke." Yeah, I guess I'll. Uh, I got to talk about raising canes in the last minute. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, that's the worst. Do you? So you have like a clean style, but you're yeah. not a clean comedian. Like you're Ode to Isis and all that. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> yeah, Ode to Isis. Well, that's a classic bit. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't think, I don't think swearing is super necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm not against it per se, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it inherently adds anything to a joke most of the time. Um, and I like being able to do cleaner material because then you can go in front of like high schoolers or something. Yeah, I like. I'm happy that you're on this podcast so I can ask you this because I always like. Would you be angry or would you be fine if they were like, hey? You're gonna be a clean comedian now. Like you'll be able to tour. Like we can get you tour. But you like uh. you have to. Or do you want? Like I could not do a clean show. Like yeah. I have clean jokes, but like I don't. It's just not me. I don't think mm. I could do it. But is that? Do you care? Do you not care enough that oh. you're like? Interesting. Well, I I don't think I. If I were to be, I would I would like to avoid the categorization of clean comic just mm-hmm. for, just because I don't like that categorization i don't yeah, think because like gary useful. gullman's a not a dirty comic but exactly. he's not clean yeah but then brian regan who's one of my favorite like comedians clean, clean. is clean clean yeah it's so funny when you listen to podcasts and he swears it's just <laughs> it's like oh yeah what no <laughs> no but do you i mean of course every comedian wants to do their own thing yeah. but it, yeah, my my thing just doesn't really involve uh, sex or drugs or rock and roll or, <laughs> or rock and roll really. Yeah, there's no sex, yeah. drugs, or rock and roll. I, I have uh, I have a joke about punk music, but not about rock and roll music. It, yeah. So, do you play any? Are you a musical person? Do you play any instruments? I play tenor saxophone. Oh, I actually knew that. So, yeah. do you? I, I meditate, but I don't meditate. I don't. I don't play music, which. I, there is a through line. Like, do you get um, in a meditative state mm. when you play when you play music? Yeah, I find that certain grounding activities like that will sort of zone me in. Um, and when I'm zoned in, uh, you know, anxiety sort of dissipates and mm-hmm. depression gets a lot easier to deal with. Yeah. So things like uh, playing the saxophone, cooking is a big one that I've found. Mm-hmm. Um, cooking see. eggs and yeah, toast. cooking. Uh, doing exercise, whether it be vigorous or even just like going for a walk and then writing jokes if I'm in a good mood 
is sort of like a self-reinforcing thing. Do you um, run jokes by um, comedian friends? I, <laughs> I, uh, I have a, a hard time doing it because whenever someone says a tag doesn't work or it gives me a tag, it's kind of like it's not in my voice. Yeah. So it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. Um. I run by jokes. I run my jokes. You run by jokes. Yeah, I you run. Write, jokes. You put it on a piece of paper and you just and I run, run by right it by physically. It. Yeah, yeah. I no. I actually I run and then I set up uh, like a, a little robot that carries the joke and runs. So I run With parallel the, to it. I yeah. actually do my best. A memorization for joke writing is when I'm running, I'll run and ah. say my jokes out loud because my body's preoccupied. Yeah. And if I can memorize the jokes and say a good set while yeah. my body's preoccupied, then it's good. that much yeah. deeper. That's a great point. Um, what, what was the original question? <laughs> I forget. You run your jokes by oh, yeah. other comedians. Um, I... I run my jokes exclusively by my parents right now, actually. I, <laughs> my parents are both big stand-up comedy fans oh, that's um, so. independently of me, which is very helpful because they have separate tastes. Um, my, let's see. My mom also really likes Stuart Lee along with me, but you know she's like a huge... Uh, she's still a huge Patton fan. Um, Did you like his new special? Uh, I, well, which one? I, I don't think I've seen the most recent one. Oh, it just came out, and there's a Dave Rubin special Ooh. attached to it. Oh, cool! That's really cool That's too. Super yeah, sweet. you should watch those. Um, whereas my my dad is like a, my dad really loves Tom Segura. He likes kind of dirtier stuff. He loves toilet humor so much. My dad, and so well, you know, my parents both have different senses of humor, and I'll call them and be like, "Hey, I have a, <laughs> I have a little premise." Oh, <laughs> my dad growing up w- told me that I didn't like stand up. This is before. I wanted to be a stand-up. This was just like, yeah. he didn't really like it. Um, but he'll still give me ideas, and they're always so bad. His premises are so <laughs> bad every single time. So I don't really run my jokes by my <clears throat> parents anymore, because it's like, oh, like, they'll give me the worst premises. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there is sort of, uh, like, one can, run by, one, one can run jokes by their parents, and then, like, taking advice... After running the jokes is a separate can of worms. Yeah, exactly. You know? it definitely. Is. Yeah, but I feel like if I open the door, then they'll just flood in. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for being on this podcast. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I'd love to get you back on once egg and toast gets <laughs> even bigger. Yeah. But uh, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate of it. Of course. This was bucked up. I hope you enjoyed it. Like, subscribe, uh, follow. Do Do you want to plug yeah, any? Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, I can plug my Twitter account, which is where I'm putting jokes uh, now that comedy doesn't exist. So, um, at uh, my, my Twitter's at Bronstein Online, B-R-O-N-S-T-E-I-N Online. And if you like eggs and toast, what's yeah. the Facebook page? Uh, if you like eggs and toast, uh, the page is Egg on Toast Enthusiasts, uh, and we're very enthusiastic about eggs and toast. So check it out. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for listening, and thanks for being on. Absolutely.